Well, praise the Lord and good day to you. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. And we're glad to be gathered around God's holy words of life, light, and liberty with you today, whenever that might be. Uh, if you are desiring to follow us, you can do that at uh, the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Again, that's Curtis Hutchinson 316. Uh, our website is thecrosswaychurch.com, and you can find us uh, on, on those avenues there as, as, as we deliver God's Word, publish God's Word to you on Mondays and Fridays here uh, at 9 a.m. Central Time. And we're just, we're just excited to be able to be uh, walking with the Lord and Him guiding us into all truth in these last few moments before He comes. I'm really expecting Him today, if not, surely by the next four to five weeks. And uh, I'm looking forward to His return for His church and us being with Him and watching all that He's going to do, uh, not just in the next several years, but throughout all eternity. And it will all be based on who he was and what he did on Calvary's cross. And I'm so thankful to know that today. I'm so thankful to know that today. Again today, let me remind you that Determined Camp Meeting is coming up October the 5th through the 8th. There will be ministers from all over the country coming. And I hope that you'd come as well, uh, especially uh, some of you ministers. Uh, you need to come and be a part of these meetings, those of you who know that the cross is the only avenue through which God works, saves, delivers, does all that He does, and you're, you're, you're learning the Word of God in that context. You know it's God's only answer for everything. And you need to come and be a part of these meetings and rub elbows with those of this like precious faith, those who are literally gathering around the sacrificial lamb in praise and worship and learning God's Word in the only context in which it is written, and that is in righteousness. It only is declared from Calvary's cross. It's only offered from Calvary's cross. And even the fruit of righteousness today in our lives as Christians only flows through our lives when our faith is deliberately and consciously in the Lamb of God. And I'm thankful to know that. There will be at least 14 ministers from all over. Uh, and it's the, the, the determined camp meeting. This is our 10th year to hold these determined meetings. And again this year, two years in a row, uh, including this year being the second year, we'll be in Palestine, Texas at Christ Community Church there. Pastors Clint and Lindsey Bass, if you have any questions, you can contact them or me, and we'll try to help you out the best we can. But you don't want to miss these meetings. They're not going to be uh, broadcast, streamed live. So if you want to be there while they're going on, you'll need to be there. Uh, if you want to watch them and be a part of it, you'll need to be there 
while they're going on. There are plenty of hotels in the area. Uh, it's a bigger town, way bigger town than Queen City in Atlanta, uh, Texas. So there's plenty of room for everybody. And so we encourage you uh, to make plans to be here. This is like the camp meetings where everybody gathered that all they're all excited about the preaching of the cross. Amen. And, and we're not going to be confused and we're not going to be mixed up. We're all going to show up and leave with a, with, with a place of being strengthened in the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Again, that's October the 5th through the 8th, and I can't wait to see you there. All right, this morning, 2 Peter chapter 1, this is part 4 of this chapter, and uh, on this seventh day of August 2023, and we are looking forward to digging in. There, there, is, there is so much meat here in th this chapter that it's, it's just, it, it's, it's overwhelming really how much truth, how much meat is here for the child of God to be able to be found exercising that faith that we've obtained, uh, you know, even exercising our senses according to the word of righteousness, as Hebrews 5, 12 through 14 teach, so that we can have the level of discernment we need in these last days. But I want to start this morning in, I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, that tells us that according as His divine power, and we're going, we're going to focus on those two words this morning with a couple of other words put together with those two words. And I know the Holy Spirit is going to be able to impart the great truths of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ this morning to the hearts who are hungry to learn them and to find their feet placed in them, walking in them. So watch carefully this morning. According as His, God's divine power, has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Life, to live is Christ. To live is Christ. Life is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no life that is not going to utter utterly be cast aside and burnt up other than the life that we have in Christ Jesus. He is our only life. True living is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So according as He is, God's divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, not all the other stuff that's being preached today, not all the other stuff that's being offered today. God's divine power has given unto us all things, all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue. Now, we need to talk about this place that we were called by our Savior unto that place being glory and virtue the glory the word glory is 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 a word that describes something 
in its completion, in its fullness, is such as uh, the best example I've ever heard of this is if you were to see a rose bush that is still a rose bush in December and January around east, and all you'll see is a stalk and thorns. The, the, the rose bush is not in its season of glory. It's not even there when the tulips come out, not tulips, but when the, bud, when the thing buds and it's only buds there. It's only in spring when the rose begins to bloom and blossom and it reaches a place we call fullness, but the Bible calls glory, glory. The glory of the rose is the fullness of its bloom. And that's what we've been called unto pertaining to God, pertaining to life and godliness, pertaining to God's will, pertaining to who we are in Christ Jesus, what we are in Christ Jesus, what we have in Christ Jesus. So we've been called unto glory. And to understand this better, let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, and we'll see this a little better this morning. Verse 18 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says, But we all, Christians, we all with open face, no longer having a veil over our face, when we were not believing upon Christ, but we've believed upon Him with the heart unto righteousness. And now we with open face, no veil, beholding as in a glass, in a mirror. That means we see this reflection of the glory of the Lord. Watch carefully so we won't run all 10,000 different directions with this. We behold as in a glass, a, a mirror, in, in this reflection, the glory of the Lord and are being changed into the same image we're beholding from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, to keep us all of one mind, of one spirit, striving together for the faith of the gospel, even speaking the same thing, 1 Corinthians 1 and 10, we must not go different directions with this. There have been men through the ages, even in, in, in my life and in, 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 in the I mean, immediate lives before my life, men who thought they had a corner and a great revelation on faith, but they didn't. It sounded good to the flesh. But there's been much teaching on faith and, and much teaching on the glory of God that's just been absolutely bogus because it wasn't uh, pointing us to Calvary with the result of what we see in that reflection. You must understand, we're to be of one mind, of one spirit, striving together for the faith of the gospel, speaking the same thing. Amen. This doesn't mean we type up a curriculum for all those who think they're on the same page and send it all over the world to others so we can have the same exact Bible verses every week. That's not what being of one mind, one spirit, speaking the same thing means. It means that the Holy Spirit can, can open the Word to us anywhere we are and we see 
Jesus. Hallelujah. And we look unto him through what he did for us at Calvary and find ourselves in the footprints that are his in the experience of the truth and the way and the life that he is to us. So to keep us all on the same page, the Holy Spirit has constructed the word of God in the perfect manner that he has so that we don't have to be uh, in, 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 in all these different avenues of thought that keep us divided. But we can all be of one mind, one spirit, striving together for the faith of the gospel, speaking the same thing. Watch very carefully the scriptures. Let the scriptures guide you, not men, not denominations. God has no part of any of that stuff. That's man's building. Follow the leading of the Lord who will only guide you into truth using more truth, not other things. And these men such as Ken Hagen and many others like him who've taught so many wrong things about faith and the glory of God have led the church astray, but it's they will be to blame to God. Uh, they'll, God will deal with them, but we can't blame them. It's our own fleshly lust that have followed after all the false teaching. So when you read things in books like we were having great revival meetings and the presence of God was so heavy that a purple mist came in under the door and filled the room. And he wasn't talking about in the spirit. He was talking about literally a purple haze came into the room and filled the room and he said that was the glory of God manifesting. My friend, number one, the Bible says God doesn't do those things anymore. Did you not know that? Did you not know that? If we would have known that, we wouldn't have been carried off in all of the, 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 uh, the false things we were carried off into. God doesn't speak in diverse ways in various manners anymore. God doesn't do that. The Bible tells us that in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. God spoke to our fathers in past times by the prophets in various ways in diverse manners. But in these last days, God speaks to us by His Son. Not in diverse... If you're still looking for diverse ways in various manners, you're not going to hear God because He's not using that stuff to speak any longer. It's over with. That's old covenant. In these last days, God speaks to us by His Son. And again, that is revealed in its deeper meaning in the 12th chapter of Hebrews, verses 24 and 25, that God speaks from heaven through the blood. Are you getting this? This would have saved us so much heartache, so much, so much delusion, so much... Uh, just corruption and destruction in, in our spiritual lives if we just simply would know these things, but we haven't. So there is no purple haze coming under the door that you can call the glory of God. Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews 1 and 3. So when we read, get this now, you've got to get this if you want to stay in the place where you're enduring sound doctrine. Because the, the one exclusive thing that makes all the doctrine of the Bible sound is if it's in the context of what made you sound 
in the beginning of your salvation. And that's the truth of Christ crucified, my friend. If that's not involved in all that you're hearing, it is not sound and it is leading you in an unsound manner. You need to understand that. So when we're told here that we all with open face, no longer veiled, are beholding as in a glass, a mirror, a reflection of something we're looking at that's called here the glory of the Lord. We're being changed into that same image from glory to glory. From our viewing, from our beholding of this glorious image to our continual viewing of this glorious image by the Spirit of the Lord. Now we know, according to Philippians 3 and 10, that what we're being made conformable to is the death of Jesus. That's what this glory of the Lord is referring to. I hope you understand that. If you don't, then you don't understand about the glory. When we stand around in church saying, I give you glory. Nobody's giving God glory unless their faith is deliberately and, 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 and consciously in Jesus Christ crucified, the Lamb of God. I want to show you something again this morning. I want to show you Revelations chapter 5, verse 12, and I pray that the Holy Spirit would impart this truth to your heart because if He does, He will move you. He will move you. When the Holy Spirit is able to guide you into all truth, that means He is moving you. You're not moving Him. He's moving you into more truth with truth. And many times you're going to, He's going to show you things that's going to cause you to have to choose between men and truth. True ministry and nothing but leaven and mixture and confusion and contradiction. And if you're going to go on without it just being in the vanity of your mind, you're going to have to let Him move you into the experience of the truth. Not just head knowledge, not just being able to share something from the Bible, but finding your feet in the liberty of the truth that He's guiding you into. And, and let me say it, many times, many times, you're going to have to point back and say, I was wrong. Many times we are going to have to point back and say, we were wrong. But it's going to be truth, revealing truth, that reveals everything we need to have revealed to us. Not men, not their thoughts, not their opinions, not their psychology. It's truth that reveals truth. So let's look at this in Revelation chapter 5 verse 12. This is, the, this is the angels who are gathered around the throne with the beast and the elders, and the number of them is, un, is innumerable, verse 11 tells us. In verse 12, get this today... Let the Lord give you this truth in your heart today. If you will, He will move you into this great light, this greater light. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive. 
slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. Notice, Jesus was slain to receive glory. The brightness of God's glory is Jesus Christ, Hebrews 1 and 3. But that glory, God stamped His glory on Jesus Christ on Calvary's tree. Him being slain is where He received the glory that you and I behold in that which was happening to Him on Calvary's cross. And I'm not talking about the bloody, gory mess that had to happen, but that's not what we're being conformed into. Jesus did that, took that for us. He did that. He was wounded and bruised and striped up for us. He did all of what He did on Calvary's cross there to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. This is why our hearts can never be touching anything with our faith we've obtained than the slain lamb. If it is, we're not receiving what we think we're receiving. This is where the church begins to have to make believe and pretend and this is where all this stuff comes in and calling it the Holy Ghost. And no, my friends, no, my friends, truth delivers God's people from every false way and brings us into the experience of this divine nature. So what have, we, what have we said here in the last five minutes? That what we're seeing this morning, in, 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 in this which we've been called to glory and virtue, and the word virtue literally means manliness, valor, that is excellence, praise, and virtue. It means that we've been, we've been called to this place of glory and virtue, where were we called to? Ephesians 2.13 tells us that, we were, that we've been drawn near to God by the blood. That's what drew it. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, John chapter 12, verse 32, I believe, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. There is a draw on all of humanity. Jesus didn't say some. He didn't say just those that will eventually and finally come to me. He said, I will draw all men unto me. You need to get this. There is a draw on all men. And those who give in to that draw, which is God's voice through or from heaven through what Jesus did at Calvary, through the blood, we're drawn near. We're brought near to God by the blood it, to this place of glory and virtue, which is who Christ is and what He did at Calvary. So we're called to this place of glory, and as we behold this place of glory and virtue, we're being changed into this very glory and virtue, the one who is our glory and virtue, Jesus Christ. 
But see, what is it we're being changed into if it's not the bloody, gory mess that happened on the tree? Well, let's go back to the first letter Peter wrote so that you can highlight this in your Bible because when you understand what you have to be beholding to be being conformed into that image, changed into that image, going from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. When you see this in the truth, that means you have got to renounce your ignorance of what you thought it meant previously. And if you don't do that preacher publicly, then you are not helping people. You must admit you have been wrong, you have taught wrong, you have preached wrong, and you have allowed other people to come in and teach and preach wrong, and you will no longer do that. If there's but one vision that we can behold and be found being changed into that glorious image and traveling by the power of the Holy Spirit from glory to glory, then we must admit all the things we've taught in our ignorance was wrong. And if we see this and don't change and don't repent, then what we seem to have will even fall by the wayside. It's what Jesus taught. What you seem to have, you will even lose that if you don't press in with what you've been given because to whom much is given, much is required. What does that mean? You and I have been given everything when, when, when God gave His Son and we've received His Son and received power to become the children of God. And we're not found in that process, whether it be ignorance or rebellion and rejection right out. What we seemed to have, we're going to lose. And that's what the Bible, that's what Jesus taught. So let's look here in 1 Peter chapter 2, back up a letter, 1 Peter chapter 2, and let's look at the very picture we're to be beholding when we claim we're beholding that glorious image we're being made conformable to this, this, this gives us the understanding a little bit more, really a lot more, of what it means to be being made conformable to the image of Christ's death. And this also reveals why the Holy Spirit only delivers us who are alive unto the death of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4.11, so that we can express His life. But watch, watch very carefully today. This will make you shout the high praises of God. This, believing this, you will experience the Holy Spirit plucking you up from where you planted yourself in all this building of men today and planting you in the body where it pleases Him and you can flourish in His courts. Now most of your family not going to come with you. Most folk going to get mad at you and start... All these cross-preaching churches today, they had to get up and get out of what the Lord has showed them is not of God. And you'll have to do the same. You'll have to do the same. Or you will be proving that it's nothing more than head knowledge for you. Watch now. Let's just start in verse 21, 1 Peter 2 and 21. For even hereunto were you called... 
because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. And remember, Psalms 85, 13 tells us, as righteousness has gone before him and has set us in the way of his steps, the path of righteousness, the the footprints of Jesus is the path of righteousness. You need to go ahead and say that right now. The footprints of Christ is the path of righteousness. Now watch very carefully. Talking about Jesus, verse 22. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. And that word guile means deceit. He never said anything and deceived men by his words. Watch. Who, Jesus, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not. But committed him... Listen, here it is. Here's the picture of Calvary for you. He didn't threaten back. He didn't revile back. In the, in the worst place of suffering that could ever have happened, Jesus endured it. He did not revile back. He did not threaten them. He only prayed and asked God for their forgiveness. Watch. But committed himself to him that judges righteously. This is what you believed unto with your heart, Romans 10 and 10, when you were saved, even though you couldn't explain it. This is what you believed unto with your heart. And then your mouth began to confess this great salvation. Your heart believed unto the one who suffered for you in your place on the cross, dying in your place as your substitute. He didn't revile back. He didn't threaten back. But what did he do? Philippians chapter 2 tells us he humbled himself and became obedient even unto death, the death of the cross. What was going on there? He was committing himself perfectly to the one that judges righteously. This is is where you have to be looking, my friend. This is where you have to be beholding if you're going to be being made conformable to the glorious image, the glorious image you were called unto. That virtue, that place of praise. The only place God can be praised and worshipped. This is why the Bible teaches, (coughs) Jesus taught us, that we must worship God who is a spirit in spirit and in truth. Meaning you must be born again and be in the spirit. Romans 8. Romans 8 teaches that. If Christ dwell in you, you're in the spirit. You must be born again and in the spirit and then your worship must be in truth. Truth is what delivered you from sin. Truth is what gives you the footprints to walk in so that you can live in the victory afforded you at Calvary and be being made conformable into the image, that glorious image that God provided for Himself. God would provide Himself a lamb And that lamb would receive in him being the slain lamb, the riches, honor, blessing, power, glory 
in all things that we desire to experience, it is not happening just because we were born again. It only happens as we go from glory to glory, and that only happens as we're beholding this glorious image. Now watch this, the beauty of this. When he was reviled, he didn't revile again. When he, was, when he suffered, he threatened not but committed himself to him that judges righteously. God's righteous judgment was to take his son to the cross and crucify him as the sacrificial lamb to take away the sins of the world. Are you viewing what God's looking at, what God works through, what God speaks through? This is why it's ridiculous to make the comment that we can even open the Bible and not redemption have a part to say in it, to be seen in it. Because if it's not, we're not taking one step from the glory we've experienced to glory. We're not being moved until redemption is a part of everything. Because if redemption doesn't have to touch every message, that means Jesus is not touching every message. Because the word we've received, 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20, the word we've had committed by our God to us is the word of reconciliation. And you might say, well, I've already been reconciled to God by that word of reconciliation. I understand that. You're talking about the born-again experience when the word of the gospel, which is God's reconciling word, came to you and you believed it and you were born again. But David said in Psalm 23 and 3 that the Lord delivers his soul Let's turn over and look at that. Psalms 23 and 3 this morning. This is a Bible study. I'm glad you joined me and I, I pray the Lord bless you. Listen, the Lord restores my soul. You know how often I need my soul, soul restored? See, my soul is my mind, my will, and my emotions. My mind, my will, and my emotions. How often do I need those things restored? Come on, somebody now. You being honest. My, my, listen, my soul is my mind, my will, and my emotions. How often do I need soul restoration? How often do I need my mind coming back, being stayed on the Lord in that place where I bring every thought captive unto His obedience and, and I won't find myself growing weak and fainting? Come on now, there's only one place I can bring my mind back to. How often do I need my emotions restored back to the secure place of assurance? How, how often, how often do I need my will being conformed more into the will of God, more of my will swallowed up in that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? How often do I find myself needing reconciliation? And reconciliation, the word of reconciliation is the word of the cross. The word of God's righteousness. The word of the truth of the gospel. My Lord, I'm so thankful to know this today. I'm so thankful for God's grace that not only shows me that, that my Lord is standing with me to preach this gospel. You know, yesterday in the message, it came out, the scripture that Paul quoted, that he wrote, that no man stood with me but the Lord stood with me. 
that I might continue the preaching of the gospel. Now think about that. No man stood with Paul for the same reason the Lord was standing with Paul. Get this. No man stood with the apostle Paul for the same reasons that the Lord would be found standing with the apostle Paul. You need to think about that, preacher. You need to think about that, preacher. And child of God, whoever you are, you need to think about that. When we start moving away from the focus of the gospel, because we want people to stand with us, you're going to find yourself lacking. You're going to find yourself lacking. Watch this now. He restores my soul. How does the Lord restore my soul? Same way under the new covenant as it was the old covenant. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. So that the power of His name won't be in vain for my life, but it will be the fruit of my life in Christ Jesus. Let's get back over here now. Let's get back over here where we were. I want, I want to see this a little bit more in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23 now. Who, when he was reviled, Jesus, reviled not again. When he suffered, he didn't threaten those that was bringing forth the su suffering on him. Watch. But he committed himself to him, to his heavenly Father, to God, who judges righteously. Get this now. Who his own self, this is the work of righteousness being carried out. This is what we're beholding. This is what we view. This is what gives us the power to be saved and to live saved and to be being conformed in the very image of what we see here at Calvary. Watch, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. By whose stripes you were healed here is not talking about anything other than us being healed from the sickness of sin and the sickness and the bondage and the fear of death that prevented us from living righteously before God. And what was it that eliminated death, that stole the power of death away from the devil and delivered us from the grips of that death is our faith in the work of Christ Righteousness at Calvary. God saw a perfectly humble man, a perfectly obedient man, subjecting himself completely to the righteousness of God, which was the death he had to die so that you and I could see our sins upon him. Him becoming our sin-bearing offering, that we might be made the righteousness of God, that we might become the servants of that righteousness, no other righteousness, that we might continually view that glorious image as in a reflection and watch our God take us from glory to glory by His Spirit 
Hallelujah. My goodness. My goodness. This is why God's focus is Calvary and no other. This is why God, from before the foundation of the world, had already, had already laid it out, the Lamb slain. That's all he would look through. That's all he would speak through. That's all he speaks through today. That's all he would and still does work through. That's it. God doesn't work through anything else, speak through anything else. And again, Hebrews 12, 24 and 25 reveal this. God speaks from heaven through the blood. He's not speaking through anything else. Quit looking at the clouds. Quit looking at the trees. God's speaking to us. By His Son. His Son is the living Word of God who became the Lamb of God to take away our sin and to give us a glorious image to behold moment by moment. Listen, it, it's the same image of glory and virtue that we were called to, which was Christ crucified. Get that. And we've wandered off as a church and all these other things saying, well, yeah, we believe in the cross, but we also need to learn about love and faith and patience and the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. Let me say something to you, my friend. You need to learn about all that. But learning does not, it does not ever exist outside of beholding the Lamb. It doesn't happen. It's only head knowledge if you're trying to... You say, okay, I get it. I believe in the cross too. I got that. But we need to learn about patience and, and how to you know, raise our family in the admonition of the Lord and all these other forgiveness and repentance. And you're absolutely right. But you're not learning anything outside of men passing knowledge among men. We're not learning of the Holy spirit at all unless we're beholding what he is delivering us unto always. You, you might learn what the Bible says, but there will be no impartation of truth unless, unless it is the truth of the gospel. Hallelujah. Unless it is the word in its gospel Context. It's righteous context. Now, let's think about this this morning. And you might have heard me say it many times, but I'm never going to stop saying it. And you need to start teaching it and preaching it, preacher. Just because it's not coming from your favorite TV preacher don't mean it's not scriptural and don't mean it won't help the body of Christ and doesn't mean it's not one of the main things that will help the body of Christ. When you begin to learn, and a lot of preachers won't say anything, won't repeat, what preachers say if they're not popular because really the tie there, they want to be tied to somebody who's known. And listen, I just want to be tied to the one I became tied to with at Calvary. Hallelujah. I want you to know that. And you preachers need to be hearing this. All of God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. But His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. So when we speak truth, if we are speaking God's untainted truth, Proverbs 12, 17 says, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. When truth is heard in the heart, 
Righteousness is found in the heart and our foot and our feet are walking in the footprints of the righteousness of Christ. Well, that's an impossibility. That never happens unless we're going from glory to glory. Unless our faith remains in that one object that called us to that place of glory and virtue, which was Christ, the brightness of God's glory, and, and what He did for us as the Lamb of God. It's not the cross and it's the cross. Let's get back to a point the Lord wants us to, to make today and hopefully you'll be able to receive it. Jesus said... If you don't deny yourself and take up your cross, meaning faith in His cross, His work there at Calvary, for without faith in that, we don't have a cross to take up. So our cross is not our divorce or our bankruptcy or our diagnosis of some sick. Our cross, those things are hardness, time, seasons of hardness, trouble, devastation, corruption, destruction, the cross is the place Jesus provided Himself as the answer in salvation for all that we'll ever need. Jesus said, if you don't deny yourself and take your cross up to be able to follow me, you can't follow me. You can't follow me. There is nobody, even born again and saved, following Jesus who's not denying self through faith in the sacrifice to be able to follow Him. In Luke 14, 26 and 27, our Jesus, this same Jesus, the Bible Jesus, taught, unless you bear your cross, you cannot be my disciple. The word disciple means learner. There is no learning outside of this place of being made conformable to the death of Jesus. There is no learning because that is what the learning is for. For our experience by faith of being made conformable unto that glorious image we're beholding and pointing to it in our ministry so other can find this place of not, of, of not being conformed to the world but being transformed by the renewing, renewing of our minds so that we might prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Do you understand that now? I, want you, I really want you to really understand that, which means you will find yourself standing under. Understand means you're standing under. Get that? Understanding means you're standing under this great truth, in this great truth, on this great truth. Understanding, Proverbs 9 and 10 says, is the knowledge of the holy. And that is what we're talking about here in our, in our Bible study in, in, in 2 Peter chapter 1. Everything we received is through the knowing, the knowledge of God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Understanding is the knowledge of the holy one. You get that? Knowing the Holy One. So let's get back over there in 1 Peter. 2 Peter, I'm so sorry. 2 Peter 
chapter 1. Watch this now. I'm, and and, and I'm, not, I'm not really getting to where I wanted to be today or thought I would be. I'm, I'm, I'm where I need to be. I'm not where I thought I'd be. Because I, I pray the Lord would show you what He's showing me that will help you as He is helping me. Because the greater vision that we need is not the vision of things and stuff. The greater vision we need is the vision of the Lamb slain. That, that's the greater vision. We, it's what gave us our initial vision. And it's what Peter says here later on in this very chapter that we're at in verse 9, that if you lack these things, if these things that we'll get into later in the teaching are not in us and abounding in us, then we're going blind and cannot see far off because we've forgotten we were purged from our old sins. And that doesn't mean we've forgotten we were saved, we've forgotten how we were saved. It means we've put that over here and now we're going on. Forget that. For, forget that. Let's go and learn about pay. Let's forget the cross. And I've heard preachers, preachers say this. I've heard preachers go as far as to say, do we really want that message in our town? I didn't hear them say it, but people told me their preacher said that concerning the message of the cross, the focus of the Lamb. Get that now. That's where the church is as a whole. But when we say the cross over here, now let's learn about all the other things. You're not going to learn about anything except men passing knowledge among men. That's all, that's all that's going to happen. You have to be beholding that glorious image. You have to be. And what Peter meant by you'll go blind because you forget you were purged from your own sins, that means just like Israel, they didn't just absolutely not even know there ever was a Jehovah God, that they ever had a God that saved them and blessed them and delivered them and provided for them. It means they put him over there and now they're going on. My friend, that's what happens to every child of God in the New Testament that does with the cross, just what I'm talking about. I've been there, I've done it. I know I was saved by the cross, the power of what Jesus did at Calvary, but let's move on. No, you can't move on without the cross. It must be taken up and carried in your own heart and in your own ministry. In your own heart and in your own ministry. Get that now. So let's look here before we get too far away from where we are. Verse 3 of 2 Peter chapter 1, According as His divine power... Why don't you just go ahead and say those two words right now, right where you are. Divine power. That means God's power. Has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. You know He did that when He gave His Son on Calvary's tree. Remember, the Lamb was slain for us to receive all things from God. Through the knowledge of Him, through the knowledge of what our God did in Christ on Calvary's tree, and He's called us to glory and virtue. And we, we showed, we looked at in the Scriptures what it means 
to behold the glory. It ain't a purple haze coming under the door and all that fleshly, lustful, fleshly things to exalt men. That's only for the exaltation of men. It may be hidden and it may be worded, oh, Jesus and all this. But if you're talking about purple smoke coming in under the door being the glory of God, your faith is in yourself. It ain't in Jesus and what He did at Calvary. And if it's not in Jesus and what He did at Calvary, there's only one other place for that object of faith to be and that's in self. It's either self-denied and Christ glorified by my self-denial through the power I find to deny self by having my faith in the one object, that place where I was called unto glory and virtue. That place where the Lamb was slain to receive that glory and virtue that I might be partaker. Watch. Watch this now. Through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue, colon, continue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of that God nature, that divine nature. Verse 3 says divine power according to His divine power giving us all things. That means, what does the Bible say, is the power of God. God power. Divine power. The preaching of the cross is the divine power of God. The preaching of the cross is the divine power. The power of God. The divine power. God's power is the preaching of the cross. It's where the Holy Spirit finds His place of functioning as the power. The power in demonstration and power, Paul said, was in his preaching, not at some altar call where people are flopping and rolling and all these other things. And where did all that come from? It come from not knowing what I have to be beholding and looking for something else to behold, which is most, for the most part, other people and their experience. And I want to do some of that too when we should have been beholding the Lamb slain. And that is the glory God offers, God is, God desires to make you, to change you more into. Not all this other stuff in the name of this denomination or in the name of that denomination, in the name of something men say happened 50 years ago or 100 years ago. My Lord, I got a Bible and the Bible is where I'll find my experience coming from. Not what I see somebody else doing. Not what I hear somebody else saying. Not what men call a move of God, but what my God calls the, the avenue through which He moves. My friend... We're in a revival right now. We're in the greatest revival the church history has ever seen. And, and, and I'm telling you, what brings the revival is the very same thing that revived you out of being dead, hallelujah, in your sins and made you dead to sin, hallelujah, and the law. And we're so thankful today for these things. So watch this. Now let's read these two verses together. We've got about five or six minutes left and we're 
We're going to be here the next time we gather if we're still here. I pray the Lord come for us before, before we get back to this teaching. And there we'll just be with the one that all of God's Word is focused upon. Hallelujah. Watch this now. Verse 3 of 2 Peter chapter 1. According as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, not that pertain unto all these other things out here that we've chased, through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue. And we saw in the Scriptures where that glory is that we can behold to be being changed into that glorious image by the Spirit of God from glory to glory. Watch now. Whereby, meaning this glory in virtue that we've been called to, that we're beholding as in a mirror. Get this now. This glory and virtue we've been called to. This lamb slain to receive glory and virtue so that we can continue our reception of this glory and virtue, our being changed into this glorious image. Hallelujah. My goodness. <laughs> this will make you smile unless you're mad because religion has taught you wrong and you're refusing to let go of it and just accept the truth of God's Word. Hallelujah. Watch this now. Whereby are given unto us this glory and virtue, whereby by this glory and virtue we were called to, are given unto us exceeding great. Not just great. Exceeding great and precious, meaning one of a kind. One avenue, precious promises, <coughs> that by these... Exceeding great and precious promises, watch this, <coughs> you might be partakers of the divine nature. Let me say something. <coughs> Excuse me for these allergetic coughs. Glory be to God. You may have never heard this before, but you need to start hearing it right now. <coughs> The divine nature that you're partaking of while you're beholding this glorious and place of virtue you were called to, which is Christ crucified. This divine nature that you and I, moment by moment, have the potential to be found partaking of. This divine nature is the Lamb nature. The nature of God among men, Christ crucified. The, the, the divine power <coughs> was offered to you and me as the Lamb was slain. All that will receive Him, John 1 and 12, to them gives He the power to become the children of God. The, the divine power. Not power among men for elevation among men. God power, divine power from the divine nature. The divine nature is the lamb nature, the nature of the lamb slain. 
That, that's what we're being made conformable to. Not just because we suffer, but when we suffer while our hearts are beholding that glorious image. But get this, 2 Corinthians 3.18, as in a mirror, you and I as Christians can watch our God conforming us into the very image of what He saw at Calvary. A perfect humility, a perfect obedience, a perfect a heart committed, a heart committed to the one who judges righteously. And that righteous judgment was carried out on the cross of Christ in the Lamb slain. Do you, I, I pray the Lord has been able to impart a great impartation of truth into your heart today. Not just so you can have something to say, but so that our feet can be found in this path of righteousness. It's being changed. It's being in the experience by faith in our Savior's sacrifice. It's by beholding that that we find our feet in the path of His righteousness as we're being changed into that glorious image. It's not just because we suffer. We're going to suffer. It's when we're suffering for righteousness' sake. Or whatever the suffering may be, it's when our hearts continually, moment by moment, find our God delivering us who are alive unto the death of Jesus, so that we might express the life, life of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4.11 My hour is up. This has been a tremendous, tremendous blessing for me. And Lord, I thank you for what you're saying and doing in these last few moments of this age before you pull the curtain on this this particular season that the church that we've been in for 2,000 years, <clears throat> I thank you for this message of truth coming into the church again. I thank you for those who are standing and resisting against any leaven being allowed to come in to keep the church asleep and to, to keep the church dead from a place of functioning. I thank you this morning, Lord, for those that will take a stand and continue to stand in the very place you planted us, being the death of your Son. And I thank you for the boldness and the confidence that comes through faith in the blood. I thank you for these words of truth this morning and the rightly, the righteously dividing of your words this morning. I pray for your touch, Lord, on everyone who's watching those who find this teaching whenever they find it, and that you would be found ministering to them through their faith, the very provision they need from you on this day. We give you all the praise, all the praise for who you are to us through what you've done for us on that tree. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
and amen. May the touch of the Lord be upon you on this day for the provision that you need in whatever capacity it is. And we ask that you'd pray for us. We pray for you that together we could continue to strive for the faith of the gospel and more and more of God's people would awaken from their place of death and slumber and ignorance and find their place of unity in the faith of the Son of God. Hallelujah. If the Lord stirs your heart to give Him an offering through what He's doing in your life through this ministry, you can do that very easily at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.